Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm that excited, the fact that we're here meeting, and I don't take this for granted. I hope that you don't either. If you're watching it online, please get yourself down here uh, every chance that you can, because this is, uh, it's an opportunity, but it's also a real privilege to be able to worship God freely in a public place. A lot of places in the world, and I've been to some of those places where uh, you can't do that. It's a death sentence that you cannot get together. Uh, some of the countries that I've been to because of different religions or uh, communism or whatever, you're not allowed to meet like this. We are, and I, I see this as such a privilege. People that I've talked to in different parts of the world, they cannot believe that we can actually gather uh, publicly, openly, and they are just like, you're kidding, you can really do that. Like, that's amazing, I wish that we could. Well, we can, we are, and I, I really encourage you, worshiping God corporately with uh, your fellow believers and getting in, in prayer and, and just, just the things that we get to do, this sacred place, somebody prayed this morning, uh, this is just a sacred place, it's a space where all the other voices, all the noise, the clutter, everything, it doesn't come in here. So we leave that out there. We come in here, sacred place, peace, to worship God and to hear from God. Well, big welcome again if you're watching online. Big welcome to City Church online as well. Uh, I'm excited because we are starting a, a brand new series starting this morning. And uh, I love it when we do a new series. It's called Mind Your Own. We'll, we'll dive into that, and, and you'll see what that's all about in a moment. But uh, there's one thing, when I make a mistake, sometimes, have you ever made a mistake, like done something really stupid, and, and you think to yourself, what was I thinking? Afterwards, you say, what was I thinking? The other morning, was making breakfast, and I was scooping, I'd already made the coffee, and we have a plunger coffee, so you just take the, uh, you know, anybody have a plunger coffee? You, you put scoops in, you pour boiling water in, and push the plunger down, and you got coffee. It's pretty good, I think, anyway. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. Uh, but I, I did that, got the coffee ready, had the coffee grounds there, hadn't put the boiling water in yet. And I was scooping oatmeal into a bowl. Well, I thought it was a bowl, but actually, my mind was on autopilot. Anybody ever been there? I was thinking about something, but it wasn't what I was doing. So you've got it. I, I was scooping oatmeal into the coffee plunger, and I'd already put the coffee grounds into the plunger. So by the time I realized, wait a minute, something's wrong about this pitcher, it was too late. The thing was filled half with coffee and half with oatmeal. Now me wanting to be thrifty, I did think, now how can I not waste the oatmeal or the coffee? How, how can I separate the two? And it was like, I can't separate the two. I'm just going to see how it goes out. I'm going to put the hot water in there. And, and maybe, just maybe, the coffee will still taste really good. Well, I walked away, and Gail came in to get her cup of coffee. <laughs> and Gail got <laughs> a mouthful of the best oatmeal coffee that money could buy. There you have it. That's the story of how oatmeal coffee was invented. <laughs> totally by accident. If you want to know the recipe, come and see Gail. She'll tell you. Don't touch the stuff. Like, what is this? Yuck! <laughs> and it was me. What was I thinking? And that's the title of this morning's message in our part of our series, Mind Your Own. What was I thinking? A lot of times, and I'm talking now as believers in Jesus Christ, we find that things go bad. They head south in a hurry. And we're really quick to blame the devil on everything. I've, have you ever noticed that about a lot of Christians? Or the devil this, the devil that. Well, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. It's usually not the devil. It's usually you. We don't want to face up to that. I know this is a very hard thing to face up to, that maybe the problem is between my ears. Maybe the problem is actually me, and I carry that problem around with me wherever I go. 
Now, God's word has a lot to say about that. And he says this uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If, if you're in Christ, you're a brand new creation, it says. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things new have come. Now, I think in the old King James, and that's the NIV. Old is gone, new is there. Question, if all things are new, if you had a bad tattoo, let's just say that you weren't thinking, and you went out when you shouldn't have gone to get your tattoo. And, you know, you're kind of explaining to the tattoo person, I've never done a tattoo, but many of you have, what you wanted. And, and maybe they kind of got it wrong, so the eagle didn't quite look like an eagle by the time it got on your arm. It kind of looked maybe like an ostrich or a bad chicken or a bad joke or something. Uh, and then you get saved. All things have become new. Question, the day after you got the tattoo and the day after you got saved, is the bad tattoo still on your arm? The answer is, it sure is, buckaroo. What about if you're tall and you think, oh, I kind of wish I was a little bit shorter, and you get saved? The next day, are you still tall? The next day, if you're skinny before, will you be skinny afterwards? The answer is yes, yes, yes. So there must be an answer to that, to that question about all things being new. It doesn't mean everything is new. It doesn't mean your physical body. But what happens is you are born again. God creates in you a new, clean spirit, a new spirit that has never before existed. But like we said, there's an old computer that you take around everywhere you go. Somebody said once, dumb joke back in high school, how do you lose... You want to know how to lose five pounds of ugly fat really quickly? How? Cut your head off. And uh, the fact is that the ugly fat, the ugly part of you, it's not your born-again spirit. That's been renewed. It's, it's unto God. You're a brand-new creation. God's spirit does something that nobody else could do but God. And he creates within us something brand-new. But our old ways of thinking, stinking thinking, is where the problem lies. Now, that's going to take time, and that's going to take a process, and we're going to look at that process during this series because some of these things that are programmed, if you will, into your mind were programmed from generations. That's not an easy fix. It's not, you know, wave a wand over your, your brain, and your brain's just going to automatically be renewed. It's a process that takes time. And God says this. He says that we are being renewed through the washing of his word. Current vernacular, you need to be brainwashed. I'll let that sink in. I've heard people say this frequently. Oh, you're just brainwashed. And I used to go, no, I'm not. Until I read the Bible and I realized, yeah, that's exactly what's going on there. All that stinking, rotten thought life that I had before, it needs the dirt, it needs to be washed out of my brain so that I can think like God thinks, so that I can think God's thoughts. Most of your problems that you're encountering day by day, arguments with relatives, arguments with other loved ones, uh, problems at work, the, the list just goes on and on. The things that you've got, the patterns that are in your life that are holding you back, they didn't come just in one day. They came, some of them came over generations. Some of them, you had nothing to do with it. It wasn't your fault. It was the fact that dad or mom told you whatever it was that they told you. It's the way that they fought, had arguments in their marriage. And guess what? You, you were there. You grew up with them. You learned that behavior. That got programmed into you. So now you get married. Guess what you're going to be doing? The default button is I'm going to have exactly the same kind of arguments. I'm going to defend myself the way that I saw dad defend himself. I'm going to defend myself the way I saw mom defend herself. Pots and pans in my family, you know, flying through the air way, way back. That's the way that we're programmed. The Bible says this. It says that the sins of your fathers go all the way back to the third or the fourth generation. They come into your life generationally because that's the way that they thought back then. We have an opportunity to get it right. Now, a lot of times... I'll hear this, and I hear a lot of things because I'm a pastor. As soon as people find out that I'm not just Ed, but Pastor Ed, then eventually 
these things come out, and people will say things to me like, well, I believe in God, but there's too many hypocrites. Uh, I'll go to church, but you know, the church is full of hypocrites. Uh, I, I met Christians, but man, they just don't do what they preach. And I would say, I totally agree with you. But the tragedy is, a lot of times people will rule God out because of the people that represent God that they're not perfect. They rule God totally out because of God's representatives, which is you and I. And so the thought goes like this, that once you give your heart to Jesus, you're born again, your spirit has been re uh, recreated from the inside out. You are, you are recreated in God's spirit. You've got a, a, a new creation spirit on the inside of you. But you don't behave like you're a new creation all the time. We go out and we misrepresent God, all of us. In fact, there's a great scripture, it's in 1 John chapter 1 and verse, uh, we'll pick it up in verse 8, it wants to come up there, but if you say, this is my paraphrase, if you say that you haven't sinned, then you're lying. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? But if you do confess your sin, it says in, in, in 1 John uh, 1, 9, it says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all righteousness. Then he goes back, as if that's not enough, he goes back to verse 10, and he says this, he says, if you say you don't sin, if we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. Isn't it sad that God gets chucked out, the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. God gets ruled out of people's lives based upon God's representatives here on the earth. Some of them are preachers. Pastors are not exempt from this because they sin. In other words, they miss the mark. The word sin, hamarte, it just means this. It means miss the mark. We all miss the mark in life. But we don't practice unrighteousness. We don't practice missing the mark. We practice righteousness. Now, I uh, don't golf, hardly ever, but I did go golfing with Gail's cousin, Gary. He's, uh, he's just one of those people that has really good eye-hand coordination. He's a great tennis player, great tennis coach, picks up a stick, hits a golf ball, straight as a die. He's just one of those gifted people. And he rang up last time we were in Wagga, in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, and he said, hey, uh, let's go to the driving range. And I apologized profusely. I said to him, Gary, I, I only hit a ball. Well, I try to hit a ball <laughs> maybe once every two, three years. You want to go to the, yeah, come on. I'll take you out. We'll do a counter lunch at the pub in Wagga. Had a great lunch. Well, we'll, we'll hit, the, hit a few balls first, and, and I'll help you with your game. So we went out there, and uh, it was all his clubs and his balls and everything else. Went to the driving range. And he, he was able to show me one or two things that corrected my swing pretty well instantly. I was over the moon. I really want to go golfing again. If I can remember what he showed me, it'll be pretty good. <laughs> if you're like me, you forget pretty easily. But I was practicing to get better, not to get worse. When you're practicing righteousness or right standing with God, you are practicing to get better in your walk with God, question mark. Are you going to hit some bad shots when you're practicing hitting good shots? Of course you are. Gary would never have expected me to get up there practicing. He's going to give me these tips and, and, and demand perfection out of me from the get-go. That's not going to happen. And yet, we put that demand on ourselves, on each other. We put that demand on other people that represent God and, and the world, bless their hearts, they don't understand. Society doesn't get it, that we are practicing to get better at this thing called righteousness or walking with God. And the training ground is the mind. You are training for reigning. Your mind is where the whole thing comes together. In fact, most sports are really in the mind as well. I was watching, uh, we had the Olympics in Tokyo not that long ago, and I watched the high jump. And man, you know, how, how they can jump way over their head over a bar, I, I don't get it. And I was watching this particular uh, Australian uh, woman, 
and she was there concentrating, and she had a little book, and she's writing out after the jump what she did wrong or what she could do better, and she's closing her eyes before that, and she's just, all of them were seriously, mentally seeing themselves jump over that high mark before they ever took the first step and went for that, for that ball. And, and, and that's the way it is in the things of God. If you don't see yourself walking with God, if you don't look inwardly first and see, okay, my spirit's renewed unto God. I can tell that God lives on the inside of my heart. I now have to translate those thoughts into my head. And I have to look and see what needs to be adjusted. For me, on the driving range, it was my hands. I, I had the grip wrong. I had the grip slightly to the right, I think it was, and the ball would just slice off. Every time I'd hit the ball, the ball was slicing. That was the, the big mistake that I was making. Now, when I saw myself changing that, I could then see that I could hit the ball straight, and I did. It was amazing. I had fun. It's no fun walking with God, being a Christian, going to church, and then getting beat up all the time because you don't understand that it's your brain that needs to be renewed. Now, there are certain things that we're going to look at in this series, and I'm very, very excited about it because I believe that your, your game is going to get better. You're, you're going to get better at walking with God. And the good thing about it is it's fun when you get better at thinking. It's just so much joy to walk with Jesus when, you're, when your head gets in line with your heart. It's, a, it's an awesome thing. You're still going to, however, have those points during your walk where you stuff something up royally and you think like I did with the coffee oatmeal. What was I thinking? Now, there's two uh, types of thought here, and we're just going to look at these. Uh, this will come up. So you will be able to look at this and have a, have a look. Got to find it here. We have come a long way into this message. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> Jesus said this, John 3, 3 and verse 6, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. See, the problem there has a source. And look at verse 6 now. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Again now, when you are born again, you receive a brand new Spirit, but the flesh part of you, your brain, remains the same. So in other words, if you liked ice cream before you got saved, you're probably going to like ice cream the day after. If you like to uh, eat a lot the day before, you're going to probably like to eat a lot after. If you have bad habits before, you're going to have those bad habits after. Now, God wants to work with you, but you need to realize that these things, the, the born-again spirit is born again, but the flesh, that's where the problem is. So where's the problem? It's in the flesh. What, what does God have to say? Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It's the unbelieving mind that is blind. It cannot discern the things of the Spirit of God. So your problems, your habits, they're, they're not the result of not being saved. They're the result of what the Bible calls the unrenewed mind. Your mind needs to be brought in to, in line with your spirit. Again, you need to be brainwashed. Now, there are some real key scriptures. In fact, Scripture says a lot about renewing the mind. And we're going to drill down in some of these, and uh, some of these are like hallmark ones that I, I really encourage you to go away and, and look at them, memorize them, study them, have a look at them as in a mirror, and then look back at yourself. Not to condemn yourself, but to say, okay, this is what I need to work on. This is a whole process, renewing the mind, that's going to take you a lifetime. Don't get frustrated with it. 
You're going to do dumb things. You're going to make mistakes. Again, like First John said, if you say you haven't sinned, you're lying. Uh, but when you do sin, you've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. He's for you, not against you. He didn't come expecting you to be perfect instantly. He's perfected something in you. Now let that work outwardly through you and chill out and don't be hard on yourself and don't be hard on other people either. I find I expect society to be hard because they don't get it. Their, their mind has been blinded. It's what we just read there. They can't think like we think. They don't know the scriptures. They haven't read the scriptures. They might read it. They don't get it either because the Spirit of God has to interpret that through their mind. And their minds are blinded. But once you become a follower of God, once you become uh, born again, then it's now up to you to look, not to judge, not to condemn, but to go easy on yourself and go, okay, what can we work on today? My prayer pretty well every morning, and Gail and I pray together uh, every morning, and mostly our prayers, we do pray for people in this church. We pray for people that are um, in leadership. We pray for a lot of things. But one of the prayers is, God, open our eyes. Show us what we need to do. Show us today who we need to talk to. Show us today how we need to change. I personalize my prayers. God, where do I need to think differently? Because most of the time, uh, it's, it's, again, it's not that I'm not born again. It's not that Jesus isn't on the throne. It's just that my brain needs to be renewed. Now, Second Corinthians, uh, sorry, Ephesians, chapter four, and I'm gonna, we're gonna read this out of uh, three different translations because I think it's, it bears uh, something. The words that each one brings out here, I think, are just profound when it comes to getting your brain trained. Ephesians 4:22. Listen to this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Now, we all have a former way of life, all of us. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Notice these words here, put it off. Sometimes, not very often I might add, but... Uh, Gail will say, hey, why don't you just throw away some of those clothes that are in your wardrobe? Like you, yeah, when's the last time she'll, she'll go in there, she'll grab a hold of a shirt, and she'll say, when's the last time you wore that? <laughs> it's like, okay, I haven't wore it in a long time because it's short sleeve and it's winter. Now, don't give me that. You didn't even wear that last summer. And she's right, but I'm stubborn. <laughs> it's a good shirt. I didn't wear it that often. And I know I'm never going to wear it because the floral pattern or whatever's on the shirt has gone out. Things change quickly. That's what uh, retail does. They change things quickly so that it's out of fashion. Now you want to go out and buy something else, unless you're just stubborn and you don't care about that, which is a lot of people, especially my age, but I'm not one of them. So, <laughs> so I just say, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and so I'll take it and I'll move it from my wardrobe closet off the bedroom down to the garage where I've got a whole rack full of clothes that I'll never wear, but I just don't want to throw them away. It's the same thing with shoes. <laughs> She'll go, these shoes, when are you ever going to wear these shoes again? The answer is probably never. Some, some of the ones, this is a big excuse that I used to use. Well, you know how occasionally there'll be a dress-up party, somebody's, you know, having a birthday or whatever, <laughs> And it's like, oh, you know, I want everybody to dress like the 80s or the 70s. That's when those shoes and that shirt are going to come back in. So I don't have to go to the costume hire place and hire an outfit. I've already got something that looks like Elvis right here or the Beatles or whatever it is. <laughs> that doesn't fly either with my wife. It's like, no, get rid of it. For goodness sakes, we're choking on this stuff. Get rid of it. I know that I need to get rid of it. I know that I need to put these things off. Some things, you don't ever want to wear them again, and you shouldn't wear them again. You've got to put them off. The old mind, the old way of thinking, Ephesians says, 
You've got to take it and put it off. It doesn't fit you anymore. It's not fashionable. It does, it's not a good look now that you're confessing Christ and people know you're coming to church and everything else. You've got to talk differently. You've got to think differently. You've got to start to put these things off or they're going to choke the life out of you. Do you understand that? Yeah. Corrupt communication, foolish jesting with some people, sarcasm and cynicism. They're not fruits of the Spirit. I've got news for you. There's a way of behavior and a way of talking that models what's on the inside of you. And there's also a way that clashes with that. And I dare say that most of your problems, in fact, sometimes all of your problems, it's just you. You've got to change. You've got to change that old outfit. You've got to throw it away. You got to put it off. Listen to what, what else he says here. He says, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. There's an evil person there. Ah. Verse 23, to, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Don't you love that? Attitude. Attitude. There's a gauge on airplanes. It's called attitude. What does that gauge do? It tells you whether the nose is up or down on the airplane. Tells you whether you're climbing in life, your attitude does, or you're going down. If you don't look at that gauge, then you're probably going to crash in something. Your relationship with your wife or your husband, your relationship with your children, business relationships, friendships, all of these things. You need to be made new in the attitude where of your minds. Put on the new self. You take off the old. You're not going to stand there naked. Put on the new now. Take off. Put on. The new is created, it says, to be like God in true righteousness or uprightness and holiness. Now, we could dive into that uh, right now. We're not going to. But righteousness and holiness, they seem to be bad words in the Christian vocabulary, almost like, oh, I don't want to be stifled in life. I still want to have fun. Holiness. Ah! It's not like that, friend. Not at all. Ephesians 4.22 in the King James Version, I love this. That ye, ye. Don't you love that? That ye, means you, put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. If you want to locate yourself, listen to your conversations or get somebody else to listen to your conversation. That's called a spouse. They will listen to your conversation. You know, the way you spoke to them, like, wow, that was hard. That wasn't kind. Or the communication that came out of your mouth that didn't build anybody up. I can just tell you that right now. The Spirit of God will locate you and He will interject into your conversations what shouldn't be there. If your spirit is uh, gentle unto God or if you are open to the, the, the still, small voice of God, he's not going to yell at you, but in the middle of some of our conversations, God will say, shouldn't be telling that story. You know. You shouldn't be talking that way. <laughs> attitude, attitude, going down, going down. Stop now. And I, and I really encourage you to be sensitive to the Spirit of God that's in you, and you'll find that your conversations will start to change. Instead of pulling people down, jumping in the middle of the gossip train, talking trash, talking all kinds of junk where the Bible says, no, don't do that, just pray for them. Don't, you don't talk that down, talk it up. Pray, get on your knees, humble yourself, do something about it. Maybe, maybe a kind gesture. Maybe, maybe you need to just do something for that person other than talk about that person and, and pull them down with other people. That's one of the biggest objections people have about church is they gossip. And I agree, they do. And where's the source of that? It's right there. The mind needs to be renewed. Yeah. Pulling down your church, pulling down leadership. Pull, pulling down other people that, that have faults, other people that make mistakes, even people that are believers. That is not part of the fruit of the Spirit of God. God would say to you, be sensitive to my Spirit. 
and realize that you've been called to speak out something to uplift and to pray for that person. So he says the conversation, that's a, that's, that is such a good, uh, the conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, it's not just talking about sexual stuff. It, it's lusting after things. It's things that aren't of God, things that you're speaking out on renewed uh, mindsets. And be renewed, listen to this, in the spirit of your mind. That's when the spirit of God permeates your mind and you get his thoughts. He has that ability to go into that computer and start to say, we need to rearrange some things. You, you need to be reprogrammed in a few of these areas so that you think like me. Listen to the New King James Version, Ephesians 4.22. Again, it says the same two words here, that you put off concerning your former, and now he doesn't use the word conduct, he trans, uh, uh, conversation rather, he translates it conduct. You put off concerning your former conduct, the way you conducted yourself. The old man or person which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. There is a conversation, there is a conduct that was the old that needs to be put off. Ephesians 4.22, and I love this out of the Passion Translation. You might say, well, you know, why all the different translations? I thought the Bible was the Bible. Well, it's like any word if you've ever taken another language, and uh, I've, you know, done some Spanish, but there's not always one Spanish word and one English word. Sometimes it takes several words to convey a thought from one, one word in one language to the other word in another language. And the richness of that, to bring that out, is what, what Paul's doing here in Ephesians 4. Uh, listen to this, 22. And he has taught you to let go. Instead of put off, let it go. Just let it go. Have you ever locked up with somebody? And usually it's, you know, a, a, a friend or a relative or something. And for many people, it's on that wicked thing called Facebook <laughs> or Instagram or social media. And, and you just know there's, there's a, this is a, a no-win scenario going on here. And then you hear this, this voice say, just, just let it go. You're not going to change their mind. You're just going to get dragged down a wormhole of arguing. That's not the Spirit of God. A lot of those problems are just coming from our mind to defend something, a position which may, may not even be right. And, and you got to put that off or let it go. Sometimes somebody will say, let it go. I'm locked up in, in an argument, and maybe, you know, it gets really heated. Sometimes that's the way it is with your spouse or your partner. It's like you just know this is not going to end well because we're both stubborn. We both are not, you know, this is just going to lock up. We're going to end up in a big argument, a big blue. This is, we're going to go our, our separate ways. And it's like this voice is saying, hey, just let it go. Let it go. Maybe they're having a bad day. I don't know. Maybe there's something, some other factor in their life. Let it go. And God is saying that about your previous conduct, your, your former conversations, the, the old man is what he calls that. He says, let it go. Put it off. Take, just take it off. It's not that big a deal to take my jacket off. Just take it off. I would, but there's a microphone on there, so I won't do that right now. But <laughs> taking it off is not that hard. And putting that off is pretty easy, really. You just have to be obedient to do that. So listen to what he says here. He says, let go of the lifestyle. Instead of conversation or conduct, he uses that word lifestyle. Think about the former lifestyles that you've had. I think about myself and, you know, a trip down memory lane. It's not all, always that refreshing. Some of my lifestyles were, were pretty toxic, to be honest. Some of those were soul-destroying. The way that I thought, the way I conducted myself, my, my whole lifestyle was very selfish. It was all about me. It, it wasn't about anybody else. It was me, myself, and I. Now, when you become born again, your spirit is, is newly created. You can't live that way anymore because Jesus 
didn't die for a field good. He died so that other people could get saved. We are on a mission from God, and that's to seek and save those that are lost, to help humanity, to be the answer to that. Now, any lifestyle that was contrary to that, it just needs to be put off. He says, let it go. Let go of the lifestyle. I love this. He says, of the ancient man. <laughs> like, that is so old. Like, that's, that's so yesterday. That's like ancient. Like, where did you come from? That's Neanderthal. The ancient man. The old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. You are deluded. You are fooling yourself. You're not even thinking rationally. Verse 23. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. He translates that there. The spirit of your mind that God's given you, it's revelation. It's always been there, but the lights now are turned on. The curtain's been pulled back. Now God shows you what was there all along, but you couldn't see it because you were blinded. He pulls back the curtains and he says, this is the way that you can live. This is the freedom that you have. It's not being out walking the streets uh, during lockdown or something. It's the freedom that you have is to think differently. The way that you think differently is to think the way that God thinks. So there's two ways of thinking here. Number one, carnally or fleshly. The word carnal comes, it's the same word carne, which means meat, fleshly. Or number two, spiritually. Listen to Romans 8, 6 to 8. For to be carnally minded is death. Now, if I translate that, carne again means meat, to be a meathead. It's basically saying you're a meathead. And it's death. You think that way. You think like a meathead, even though you're born again on the inside. It, the outcome of that is going to be death. Death to relationships, death to businesses, because you're doing things uh, under another kingdom. Uh, death to everything that you touch is not going to come alive if you are carnally minded. Notice this is minded, not spiritual stuff. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many people want some life and peace? Well, I certainly am one of those. Because the carnal mind, the meathead mind, is enmity against God. It's an enemy of the things of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The two ways of thinking, carnal, fleshly, spiritual according to God. So what's the key to successful uh, Christian living? Again, I'm glad that you asked because your problems are in your head, your thinking, your reasoning, your imagination. Your mind needs to be renewed by the Spirit of God. Your thought life needs to be baptized into His thought life. In other words, you quit being a meathead and start hearing what the Spirit of God says. We're, we're, uh, we're only going to look at one more scripture here, and then we're going to close. But Romans chapter 12, verse 2, there are a lot of brilliant scriptures that we'll revisit during this series. This is one of those. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed. How? How can I be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. It's not your spirit that's the problem. It's your mind. It's all in your head. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The NIV version says this. Do not, be, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God, God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will of God. I love that word transform there because it's metamorpho, which means which, where we get metamorphosis from. It's where uh, caterpillars turn into butterflies. A complete change, a metamorphosis, a, a big transition. Be transformed. Don't be conformed. Be transformed. I think about conformed. I think about uh, uh, when I uh, see concrete being poured. 
they put up, they box that up with, you know, timber and everything else. They put the mesh in or whatever it is uh, to reinforce that. Then they do the pour, and the concrete goes in. It fills in what's, what's in that frame. And it's the same thing with your mind. There's patterns that have been set up in your thinking. And God wants to pour His Spirit in there, but instead we've got blockheads. We've got concrete. We've got these formations in our thinking, that, again, that are probably three, four generations old that have been passed down from uh, great-granddad to granddad to grandpa to, you know, dad or great-grandma or whatever it is. These things are, are in there. And, and he says, don't be conformed to that, but be transformed. God's got to get the jackhammer in there and bust that stuff up and get it all cleared out of there so that he can do a repour of that thing and reform that according to his thinking so that you can truly be free, my friend. You haven't been free because you are conformed to the patterns of this world. I laugh because I see people try to be nonconformist. Have you ever met anybody like that? So whichever way everybody's going, they're going to go the other way. Just, you know. Uh, I, I like people who wear shoes in church because I think it's unhygienic. I don't want your toe jam in the carpet, thank you, with kids crawling around on it. It's respect. But I see people, oh, man, can you just wear shoes? No, nah, I'm not going to wear I don't believe in shoes. Had, you know, several over the years. <laughs> I always not, don't want to conform. Doesn't matter what it is. Always against the government, always against it. Just nonconformist people. And the funny thing is, they're trying to be a nonconformist, but they're actually a conformed. They actually have a way of thinking that they can't get out of, but they don't know that they're thinking that way. They actually don't know that they've conformed to patterns. It's just not normal patterns. And God is saying this, I really, really want to do some reformation, some transformation in your thinking so that you can live the life that I promise in my word that your spirit is yearning for. God wants that for you, but the problem, again, it's in your head. That's what we're going to work on during this series called uh, Mind Your Own. This is what he says in um, the NIV. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So you ask, how do I start the process? That's a good question. I'm going to give you one word. Repent! <laughs> Repent! You go, well, that's an old word. That's not a very nice word. I don't want to repent. Break it down. Re means to go back. Go back to like Matrix Reloaded or something, I don't know. <laughs> but re, re means to go back. Pent, in this context, means the higher place. It's like a penthouse. So you, you need to get in the elevator. You're going down in your thinking. You've pushed the button to go down. You need to stop the elevator, push the button, and get your thinking up to the penthouse. You need to get your thinking to a higher place. God says this, repent for the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom is up here. God's way of thinking is a highway. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your thoughts. Push the button back up again. Repent. Go back to the top, and you'll find the thoughts of God are waiting there for you. Repent is a great word. I, I encourage you, whenever your conversations, your conduct, whatever God's convicting you of, don't just ignore it. Don't just chuck that out. Put off the old. Chuck that out. Have a clearance sale. Get rid of it all. It's choking your life. And push the button and go back up to God's way of thinking. Because God wants to show you a brand new life. And the only way he can get that to you is to get that through you He's got to get it through your thick skull. And when that happens, stuff starts to, life beca becomes meaningful. Uh, you, you start to, you'll smell the roses. You start to think, man, could, could life get any better? And start to practice that. Go back to the penthouse to higher thinking. Take the elevator. Colossians 3.2 3, says this, set your mind. Oh, I love this. 
Set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. So many people have so many problems because you're bound up thinking about stuff, bad stuff, on the earth that's going down instead of thinking about the higher stuff. You're trapped in silly arguments and conversations and stupid conduct. And God is saying you can bust out of that. You can be transformed instead of conformed. Set your mind on things above, not things on the earth. Return to my higher way. Get your thought life out of the gutter. Get rid of the clutter. Quit pouring oatmeal into your coffee. <laughs> so what did I do after Gail took a gulp of this new invention? I realized, because I, I took a taste of it before, and I thought, oh, maybe she won't know. Because <laughs> I don't have time. She's got to go. She's on a time schedule to get to work. And I thought, she wants a cup of coffee. She probably possibly, fingers crossed, won't know. Now, she knew immediately. You know what the solution was? Pour it all out. Wasted all of that good coffee ground. All, all of that oatmeal got wasted. Oh, it's such a waste. Sometimes you want to hang on to your old thinking because you're afraid of the cost. You're afraid of losing friends if you think and talk differently and you don't join in with stupid anymore. Do you ever think that maybe you'll lead them out of the darkness that they're in, but they don't even know it? Not by judging them, but just by being different. God's thoughts are appealing. They're not nasty. It's not anathema to the world. It's something that's appealing. Love is always going to be appealing. Being kind to somebody, when is that ever going to go out? Helping somebody out, is that ever going to go out of style? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. Uh, long-suffering, all, all of these things are the fruit of the Spirit of God. When you start thinking that way and you start behaving that way, you become a, a very attractive people, uh, a person rather, to people that are in the dark. It's like moths coming to the light. You will light up your world and people will start to wonder, man, there's something different about Jonesy. I don't know what it is. Jonesy, what's different about you? And then you can explain it in a really nice way without quoting Elizabethan English. You can be a normal, supernatural person, natural but supernatural, because God has given you a brand new way of thinking. Let me pray for you. We're out of time. In this series, we've got a lot of things to get into, and I'm excited about it. I hope that you're on the journey. Yes, it's going to be challenging, and I hope that you would pick up that challenge. But right now, I'm just going to pray for you. And uh, firstly, if you don't know Jesus, he's the Savior. I apologize for people that represent him wrongly. Like I said, we just sin, we miss the mark, but we're all in a transformation on that one. He's the only one that could re represent himself. Nobody else could do it, so he came. He came in human form to finally represent himself, the prophets represented and misrepresented him. Other people misrepresented him, given it their best shot. In the fullness of time, finally God came as a human, 100% God, 100% humanity, to show us and represent who he really is. Don't write God off. Don't rule God out because of the misrepresentation of impure and perfect people. When God sent you his perfect, pure son, to totally represent himself. All you need to do is ask him into your heart. He will come in and he will represent himself, not rip, misrepresent. He will show you a much higher way. If you want that right now, this is very simple. It's as simple as just saying, Jesus, come into my life. So we're going to pray that prayer right now. If that's you and you're listening, we've had a, a couple of emails of uh, two people just recently that let us know they gave their heart to Jesus because of this program and so I just want to say thank you to you for letting us know uh, but right now let's just pray wherever you're at uh, people here bow your, your heads close your eyes and I want you to say this prayer after me say Jesus, Jesus. come into my life amen it's pretty simple isn't it that's as complicated as it gets if you did that, let us know. 
And thank you for tuning in, and thank you for you that are here. We'd love to give you a Bible and uh, uh, a book to get you started, some simple uh, Bible studies about things, what repentance is again and what baptism is and the importance of getting together, all, all of these things to answer some simple questions really that are pretty common. So if that's you uh, and you're here, please let us know in the back of the information desk. Uh, we've got a free Bible and, a, and a, just a booklet, study booklet to give you. I'm going to pray for everybody right now. And I want to say thank you to God for helping us all on this trans transformation process. Father, I thank you as we acknowledge we're not condemned, as we acknowledge what needs to change, conduct, conversations, lifestyle, old ways of thinking. Help us, Father, to identify these things and to chuck them out, to put them off, to let them go. I know we're not gonna do all of it all at once, but we can get the process, the journey started. So help us right now to let go of certain things. And I pray right now that God would identify those things. Each of us has them, but they're all pretty common. Help us to identify them and to work on those things so that we can be conformed to your way of thinking and not the ways of this world. And I thank you for that power right now in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, look, if you've been watching online, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It uh, moves us up in the algorithm so more people can uh, hear about uh, what's the teaching that's coming out of here. Also, with Facebook, make sure that you uh, like it and, and do things. It just helps us get the word out in a bigger way. Uh, so please do that. City Church, Sunshine Coast, you can go there and subscribe and hit the like buttons and all of that. And let us know uh, whatever your prayers are, how we can help you. God bless you, and we thank you for uh, watching and tuning in. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.